0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: It sounds like an Auburn early enrollee is ready to break out for the Auburn Tigers. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Yes. Welcome on into Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blockerby. Thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. It's a Charlie Tuesday to all who celebrate as we are joined by Auburn message board legend and the host of the Top Button podcast, Charlie Five. And man, we'll talk about Ryan Williams. We'll talk about who I think is the hire of the offseason for this Auburn coaching staff. But first, man, everybody I talk to within the program they can't stop talking about Bryce kane the early enrollee the true freshman wide receiver part of the freeze four slash freeze five More on that later of course but seriously everything about this guy whether it was talking to folks about his his participation in the bowl practice to how he excels in workouts, Saw Cole Pinkston it on three. Drop a note about him on their message board yesterday. Everybody I talked to, Charlie Five, gushes over Bryce Kane. It's a good sign early
0: in his career. Totally. I mean, how big is it that you get a guy like that to come and he's able to not just enroll early and go through spring, but he's going through bowl practices? Like that's that's I feel like that's very rare. And then not only that, but you step out and and you're like turning heads. And you're a small guy, too. Like, that that's another – I was – I felt like Bryce, even though I think he's – you could argue he may be the second best wide receiver in the class, I, I feel like based off of production and, and overall skill set and whatnot. But uh, even, even still, the, the size, you, you feel like he's going to have at least a year and a half to two to be able to sort of adjust and, and, and fit uh, in SEC football but he's already coming out. And like you said, it's unanimous. It's There's no like, there's no argument whatsoever that this kid is, is just unbelievable and turning heads. And uh, I mean, man, spring's going to be fun. That like seeing him on a day is going to be a lot of fun. Like he, he is a, he's quick. He's got uh, unbelievable hands and, uh, he's here turning hand, he's working hard. He's he's wanting to play. Like he's he's not coming here to, you know, patty cake and, and hang out for a couple of years and get a check. Like he's here to play. Yeah, uh, and that's what I love about him the most.
1: Yeah, no question. He kind of committed early in the process. We were very excited. And then all these other huge named wide receivers came in. And Brass Kane's like, I'm still good. I'm still confident in my abilities to get a shot. I'm glad these guys are playing next to me and going to draw coverage. We're all going to work together. And that was always his mindset when some other people would have bounced. And I I think that's valuable too, but it's just not only is it the execution, but it sounds like Bryce Kane's mindset and approach to everything, whether it's reps and practice, whether it's communicating with teammates about scheme or, or learning the playbook and, you know, it's drinking through a fire hose early and I got something in my eye. I'm so sorry. I'm not winking at you, Charlie five, but I think when you look at everything about it, man, this is really bad.
0: Got to, got to play through it. Bryce came through. It. Bryce what Cainwood? would Bryce do? What Bryce would Bryce Cainwood? do Bryce if he had, I heard he he has got a in his
1: eye right now. He would still catch the football. That's I all heard I'm his saying.
0: first day of practice, he was on, they were on the indoor facility, and some of that rubber turf stuff got in his eye, and he had five catches for 100 yards. Yeah, that's so, that's the only thing. Finish that's, the show.
1: That's right. That's right. Finishing the wrap. Finishing the show for you. No. So, Uh, But his approach to everything, if he gets something in his eye, he doesn't care. It's still very focused. It's very intense. And to me, that's stuff that you can't really teach. And so we may have more of a battle slot position than some folks may have originally realized, myself included. Jay Fair versus Bryce Kane this spring. Sign me up for that.
0: Jay better Jay better clock in and come ready to work because, i think he will. Uh, i think he will. I, and i do too I, I think he's that kind of guy i think he's the kind of guy that uh sort of relishes this type of competition uh, right. but uh it's only gonna make it's only gonna make him better and uh that's a pretty good little one two punch in the in the slot if you don't if I, i'm sure I'm booging, I'm sure I'm a homer but uh I feel like that's a pretty good little one two punch uh rotation right there. Uh, you got the seasoned veteran who's sort of just, he's been there, he's been working hard, and he's kind of been the only really reliable guy. Definitely the only one that's left, but one of the only reliable sure. guys in that room. And, uh, you know, now you get to add him and Bryce together. I mean, that's a—I I think that's a pretty solid little one-two punch.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see how they use Bryce Kane. We're assuming the slot, and after he committed, um, that's kind of how we – Uh, It's kind of how we talked about what the recruiting pitch was, is they see me as a slot and can get me to the NFL and all that, which is probably true. It's probably true. But his high school tape, and I watch, admittedly, I've watched more of his junior tape than a senior tape, but they played him outside a bunch. And I don't think he's going to do that at the college level. I could be wrong, but I'd be a little surprised if we saw him out there consistently. And so is there a bit of a transition in that? that? That is something worth monitoring. But this guy seems so coachable. So coachable as far as other early enrollees and between high school kids and transfer guys, there are 28 early enrollees, according to Jeffrey Lee of, uh, of on
0: three, right? Who
1: else do you think could really step up and make a statement quickly among the true freshmen here?
0: Well, you know, me, you know, that I love, I'm a big height and weight guy. You know, I like hulking super teens and, I am absolutely blown away with the size of the defensive linemen uh, that are coming in. Not, not like, not the uh, transfers, you know, not the two transfer guys, these freshmen. I mean, you have, uh, let me just find them. You have TJ Lindsay, who I had no idea was this big at six five, two seventy. 270. You I was have, talking
1: to somebody about real quick. I was talking to somebody about TJ Lindsay specifically. And they said, when you see him, for the first time, you're going to be shocked at how well he can move laterally. Like, uh, and, whew, okay, he's like, he's a stunting
0: machine. Like, you're okay, talking cool. He's, sweet. he's, he's basically, he's basically uh, Keldrick Fox size already as a, as a true freshman. Malik Blockton, 6'4, 280. Stun. Give me, give me some of that. And then Amaris Williams, new five star uh, Ameris Williams on Mark. Was. Amaris Williams, you're right. Amaris Williams, he said it. He he sent us the tweet. It's my yep, fault. That
1: was totally to
0: us. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It may have been directly to me. He probably should have just tagged no,
1: me. No, I messed it up pretty bad that day. One
0: hundred percent. So <laughs> yeah. Amaris Williams, new five star. Amaris Williams, six three two sixty five. Ah uh, man, holy cow! Like get, that's those are like junior, like sophomore and junior sizes. Like that's that's a couple of years in the weight room, guys. Like those guys. Maybe that's why we didn't go heavy in the portal because you got guys okay that I mean it. they can be they're going to be young, but man, they're physically mature enough to step in and play uh, a little bit. And you got a little bit of everything. You got a little bit of everything that can play uh, that that they could play. So yeah, man, uh, I was shocked by that. And that those, I think those guys are going to be early impacts, early players right off the bat. Malik Blockton got a lot of play praise. For early practice, a lot like um a lot like Bryce Kane. So uh man, I was I was shocked when I saw those those uh heightened weight ads. Uh I was expecting a lot of 240s and 250s, yeah. and these are already some beefy boys.
1: Yeah, and Demarcus Riddick is in that conversation too. The three yeah. guys I've heard the most about Malik Blockton, Bryce Kane, and then linebacker Demarcus Riddick. So a lot to like about it. Yeah, with the defensive line, it's interesting. There's kind of two schools of thought here. And I've talked to multiple folks and multiple folks have given one of these two scenarios where TJ Lindsay plays a key role at the three technique. If they keep Keldrick at the five at defensive end. And then the other side of it is I've talked to a few folks that believe there's a chance Keldrick Falk moves inside and then uh, Amaris Williams has a chance to compete for some real solid playing time. The fact that both are being discussed is a good thing. It's a good thing Options. because you and I have talked about it before, especially with how they handled the transfer portal and getting Trill Carter engaged keys makes you feel a little bit better about it for sure. But the depth question was a big one when it came to the defensive line. But if they just say, Hey, we're going to roll with true freshmen in the two deep. I was like, okay.
0: All right. That's cool. I'm fine. Yeah, it's it's not a bunch of, it's not going to be a bunch of undersized freshmen. It's going to be some almost ready-made dudes. Uh, they may have, they, they may have be- eight months too. Yeah, they got eight months, and a lot of them already went through uh, fall. Uh, already went through bowl practice, so they're already here working out. They're going to go through spring. Uh, they're essentially going to be almost basically like a redshirt freshman uh, to start off with. Like they've already had almost a whole season's worth of training, a whole year's worth of training already. Another one that I'm excited to see, and his size blew me away. Was Walker White, 6'4", like two twenty, and you know we talk about the auburn negative bump on recruiting it feels like a lot of times we get guys and they they go the opposite way after after we get them and you know we talk about conspiracy theories things like that walker white on the 247's uh release just had one of the biggest jumps of any player i think he jumped all the way up to number 47 from like well outside uh maybe even the top 200 so uh talking about a guy that you know, and that's all based off evals at All-Star Games where they right. said he was head and shoulders the best quarterback there. So, man, throw that in, throw that in the quarterback competition room, um, a guy that's, you know, physically mature uh, – physically ready to play uh, and, and he's already, you know, ahead of the game and better than a lot of us thought we were. Because, you know, you always kind of worry about that Arkansas jinx. It does seem like a lot of kids that come out of Arkansas – Private school court- Arkansas ball, right. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, that they, they, they struggle, but uh, he 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 excelled at the highest level uh, of competition that he could. You know, at that point in time in the All Star games, and then uh, you know now he's here working out. So there's some big time movers and shakers coming in here uh, in January that are going to be ready to go. Kind of a similar thing with Keldrick Falk a year ago.
1: I mean, he was coming from was it two A? Is that what Highland Holm plays? And then they, they go now one A. Yeah, I mean it's a small school, small school. And so everybody's like, "What's he going to do against SEC competition?" Well, he goes and dominates. at uh, he went to the one in Orlando, I think, um, last year. But yeah, he impressed. Then he got that fifth star on Rivals, which made him a five star. So, um, good for Walker White. Certainly deserving of all of it. All right, you guys have asked for Ryan Williams. Information. We give you Ryan Williams information next, right here unlocked on, on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. The NFL conference game, uh conference championship games are here, and you can get in on the action at FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed if you place a five-dollar bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Also, your Auburn Tigers right now, you can, bet, um, you can bet the team to win the SEC regular season championship. The Auburn Tigers are now the favorite. Nobody freak out. Nobody freak out. But go ahead and put some money on those Auburn Tigers. The app's easy to use. There's so many things you can wager on. So visit fanduelcom slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Charlie Tuesday to all who celebrate. Auburn Message Board Legend Charlie Five hanging out with us. Ryan Williams continues to be the talk of Auburn recruiting, despite Auburn having several 2025 guys in. Um still visiting places. He visited Alabama. Which he and, said he would. Yeah, which he said he would. That was always part of the plan. And some people are overreacting about some of the comments that he made to media afterwards. You're not in that boat, and I'm not in that boat either.
0: No, I think some of the biggest things to that I always you just got
1: way louder. Just I way did. louder.
0: Good. I, I guess because I'm for, I feel for, ferociously excited about bug? Ryan. Yeah, okay. that's that's the book volume uh coming out. No, uh I I for one, I I've heard nothing yet that's made me feel any less confident, any less uh like any more concerned about Ryan because there's nothing that he's done that he's said he wouldn't do uh, to, yeah. uh, when he decommitted. De- de- uh, we're still getting the last visit. Now, if we don't get that last visit, I'd get worried. But uh, another thing, this is kind of funny, like when he was – you all the Instagram Lives and things like that That he, when he was at Alabama, you notice it's always Jalen Mbakwe that's talking about, oh, Ryan's going to be here. It's never Ryan saying it. It's, it's always – it's kind of like – I am trying to think of a good metaphor, but it's like someone that's not real sure, but he just has to like keep making themselves feel feel confident about it. That's Ooh. the way that's the way it always feels like with me. It's 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 always Jalen that you hear. I, I hope his name's Jalen. It's always in Bakwe that it is the one that's saying Ryan's coming here, Ryan's coming here. It's never Ryan. It's never Ryan. So uh and, and you know they they did an exit interview and he basically said, uh, I have no, you know, in other words, this didn't do anything. This didn't change anything. I'm still gonna take my visits. Yeah, I got, I'm glad I got to meet uh, Deboer. I got to, you know build a little bit of relationship there, but uh, you know I'm I'm hoping that you know I get to you know things come a little clearer or, or I have a little bit of a better hint later on. I mean he's he's playing the game like he's playing the game. He's going to go on his visit. He's going to Texas this weekend. Um, honestly, I might be more worried about Texas than I would be Alabama. One thing I think I'm okay to say this now, but one thing okay. that, I, that that I always go back to. This is what I always go back to, and uh, you're just gonna have to trust me on this. Uh, but Ryan was decommitting the same day that Savin retired, without knowing that Savin was retiring. Mm-hmm. That was happening regardless. That so that those two is he was actually shocked, uh, from what I understand. Uh, that that you know that uh, Saban retired because it had no, those two things had nothing to do with each other. So every time he was decommitting from Nick Saban, without even knowing that Nick Saban was retiring. So the fact that it, I would just it would blow my mind. It would absolutely blow my mind if if he ends up uh, at Alabama under this new staff uh, of with people that he has no idea who they are. So you're uh, I would just that would absolutely blow. My mind. I have no no concerns until that visit i don't want to say until i don't want to i don't have any concerns unless that visit changes that last visit changes to auburn i, yeah. I he was that when he was at alabama this past weekend he was talking with our guys they really thought there was a chance they would get him to come to the uh to the game saturday night but uh i don't i don't think he did but he's talking with our guys the whole time like i i i just don't have I don't know. I just I don't I don't really have any any concerns at the moment whatsoever. And I don't know that I'm going to uh, about Ryan. Uh, And like I said, I keep going back to that decommitment and how, you know, it was it was going to happen. He was decommitting from Saban, not decommitting because of Saban. He was decommitting from Nick Saban. So, yeah, uh, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. I say I'll I'll be interested. He's going to do exactly what he says he's going to do. and He's going to announce on his birthday. Like he said, he was always going to announce on February 9th, and he's continuing to do that. So until that timeline changes, I think everything's still, you know, just like it all good.
1: Yeah. I I think when you look at, I guess, national recruiting or conference wide recruiting conversations regarding Ryan Williams, there's this weird thing where nobody's acting like he's decommitted from Alabama. Like if Alabama was truly the favorite, he would have just stayed committed to them and made other schools aimed to flip him, but that wasn't what happened. And I mean, you can lump that in with it being tied to save it or not. It doesn't matter. He's still decommitted from Alabama and now he's got to make these visits. And I I think he wants the true process of it all. And I just don't think if Alabama was a front runner, I don't think he would have decommitted. And that's not a, like a, a weird thing to say about if you said about any other school, and any other player, it's like if they decommit from that school but still have that school in their top four or five, in a normal situation, everybody's going to look at that and say, mm, he's probably not going there. But for some yeah. reason, we're treating Ryan Williams different.
0: Yeah, and I, and, and I will say, he did say he was not going to visit Alabama, and then all of a sudden, he's visiting Alabama again. So look, I get it. Like, get excited, you know, maybe that that's a change on that end. Uh, but from the beginning... He, even even when Saban – this was back whenever he reclassified. He went to Alabama on the same date he said he was going to go Alabama back then. He just – after he decommitted, he said he wasn't going to visit anymore. I mean, he said he was going to visit A&M. He said he was going to visit uh, Texas. He said he was going to visit Alabama. And he said he was going to visit Auburn last. And so far, he's done everything that he said he's going to do. He's going to visit Texas this weekend, and then he'll be at Auburn the following weekend. And then he'll sign on February 9th, just like he said. So until – it, unless that Auburn visit changes, I, I wouldn't necess, I, There's there's nothing that's different so far. There's absolutely nothing different, and I felt good about I feel good about Auburn then. I feel good about Auburn now. So you're predicting Auburn right now? Right now, hundred percent. If that visit happens in February, Auburn, if you
1: think it's done? So if if Brian Williams chooses Auburn on February ninth,
0: what does it mean for the program? Oh man. Um well, number one, it's just another big. It's another big win uh, against. Uh, I mean, it is. It's a big win against Alabama, somebody that they've wanted since he was in ninth grade. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a blow there uh, to 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 their recruiting. Uh, they're trying to like ch- change the PR with the, you know having a new coach and everything. So it'd be a first big loss there, uh, and then what he does for Auburn, like. They re, all right. He reclassified. Right. He reclassified. Uh. He's he's younger than than a Cam Coleman. He's younger than a Perry Thompson, and he's rated higher. Like the final rankings came out for rivals. He jumped. He's ahead of Cam Coleman. Like, and he he went and performed. He went and performed at these All Star games. He scored a touchdown uh in the game. Like he went up against the same dudes that that Cam Coleman w- did, who dominated that whole. I mean, by all by all accounts, dominated that whole that whole week and, and he's right. ranked higher. Like he's just that incredible. He's like that that much I, I wanna I wanna have him on the team because he's great, but I also wanna have him because I don't want to ever have to defend him because he is going to be uh electric if he stays healthy uh wherever he goes. So I just think it it just adds a whole nother level of explosion to your offense from day one. Like I really think he's gonna be able to play uh, from the moment the the ball kicks off uh, of his freshman year. And yep. uh, he's going to be great. Yeah, he will be. Yeah, hopefully
1: hopefully it's at Auburn. Hopefully it's at Auburn. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so as we record this, there's still no defensive coordinator. But regardless of who Auburn hires, a defensive coordinator, I think the hire of the offseason, in my opinion, Charlie Five, it's flying under the radar. And I'll discuss in just a moment why. Right here. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Charlie Five, I think the hire that Auburn made this offseason that's flying under the radar, I think it's the best hire of all the new coaching staff changes. It's Kent Austin. Promoting Kent Austin to quarterback's coach, I think, is an incredible move that has flown under the radar tremendously because all the focus has been on the two coordinators, Rightfully so, but everybody I talk to about what Kent Austin does and his mind and his ability to connect with people, Kent Austin is that guy. And his, his ability to communicate what he's thinking as far as scheme and as a teacher and as a coach, I think at a place like Auburn, where these offenses over the last decade, it always seems like we could get more out of our quarterbacks that we just never have really been able to, really, I guess, since Nick Marshall, maybe. And it's I, I think Ken Austin can help fix that with Hugh Freeze's scheme and his play calling and his trust in Ken Austin and Ken Austin's time to spend more one-on-one time with quarterbacks every day in practice and in the film room. I think this is going to make a major leap forward. And look, if Auburn has a better offense this year, a lot of it's going to go to Hugh Freeze, and rightfully so. It should. He's the head coach. But if Peyton Thorne or whoever starts at quarterback for Auburn in 2024 takes a big step forward, I think Kent Austin will deserve a lot of credit. I don't think he'll get a lot of credit, but I think he'll be deserving of it.
0: Sure, sure. And and, and I get it. I get it. Uh, I, I look at it this way with Kent. And this is, it's kind of goes along the lines of what you're talking about. Take the three coaches that you had last season. You had offensive coaches, you had Hugh, you had Cadillac, and you had Mo, uh, Philip Montgomery. That, okay. that was your guys coaching your running backs, and that was your guy, your offensive coordinator, and that was your guys coaching your uh, quarterbacks. Okay. I think when you take, when you take, uh, when you take uh, Derek Nix and you take Kent Austin and what it allows those two guys allow Hugh Freeze to be able to do with the offense and still be able to recruit. Yes. I, I look at it like a combo almost. Uh, I, I like, because I think, you know, Kent Austin was, was the offensive coordinator for Hugh at Liberty. So he knows how Hugh wants the game plan. Okay. So it's not now it's not trying to uh, money Philip Montgomery, trying to learn what Hugh Freeze wants him to do, or or vice versa, or Hugh trying to figure out what Monty wants to do. Now it's Kent doing what he knows Hugh wants to do, which allows him to be able to recruit, which allows him to be able to be comfortable going into a game, know that it's game plan the same way that he wants it to be game plan. And the same thing goes with Derek Nix. Now you got two of those guys, like you got yeah. two of those guys that know exactly how you like the offense to run, how you like your practices run, how you like your game plan to be done, and it allows you to be able to step into that play caller role, step into that game plan role, but still have a little bit of freedom to be able to just to still go and pump the trail like he's been doing because he is the best recruiter, you know, on, you know, on the he is the best recruiter of this whole staff. So uh there's there's no really debating that. And that's why I like uh the Kent, that's why the the big reason why I like the Kent Austin hire is is not so much of what he brings, but what he allows uh what what him being there um, will free up Hugh to be able to still do his his recruiting like he's doing, and 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 be able to help with the offensive game planning. So that I I'm, I agree. I think it's a big hire, not just necessarily because of uh, that Kent Kent Austin just brings this whole new dynamic because he was kind of already coaching the quarterbacks a little bit anyway, sure. uh, as as an analyst. But him being in that driver's seat of being able to help Hugh game plan the way Hugh wants to game plan and not Hugh game planning with Philip Montgomery or Philip Montgomery game planning with Hugh. It's doing it the way Hugh wants to do it. And that's the way he's always been successful, doing it the way he wants to do it. And now he's got two guys that can do it that way and two guy, or at least one, Derek Nix, who can recruit like crazy uh, and, and, and Hugh still be able to recruit like he was. I, I said it, it's like you go from having one recruiter – uh, one recruiter in Hugh to now you basically you almost have two full time recruiters. You got about I would say when you take the the work that both of them will have to do off mm-hmm. off the trail, you got Hugh probably at what eighty percent now seventy five percent, and Derek Nick at 80 percent. Now you got a little over one and a half full time recruiters uh, on the st- on the uh, on the staff because of what Kent Austin is is going to be able to free them up to be able to do. So I'm I'm, I'm pumped. I, I'm with you. I think it's a huge hire for a lot of reasons, but one, it allows Hugh to still be able to recruit like crazy and then do what he's got to do on the recruiting trail.
1: Yeah, I also like the dynamic of having a full-time quarterbacks coach that's not the play caller, Mm. and we we didn't really have that a year ago. I can't really explain why. I I think they should be involved in the game planning because they know, hey, I worked with Peyton a lot. He's really been liking this pattern or against this scheme. He really likes to go to this guy, and you incorporate that into the game plan But I don't think you should necessarily be calling plays because then I think that could be too much of a part of your thought process And some of that. It's kind of what you see more at the NFL level. You've got a quarterback's coach than a play caller. I think that's by design. I think that's for a reason. So Ken Austin, um, I think it's a huge hire. I think it's been flying under the radar. Charlie Five, how can people check out everything you've
0: got going up? Absolutely. Find me on Twitter at the underscore Charlie underscore five uh, in the Locked On Auburn Discord every single day. Or you can find me on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, the Top Button Podcast. Got one dropping. I know I don't have the top button on today. It's a little chilly. Went with the turtleneck. Went with the Under Armour cold gear. So uh, let's roll. But I'll, I'll be buttoned up, ready to go.
1: Yep. Yep. You can find the Top Button Podcast wherever you get your podcast on audio form, or you can subscribe to it on YouTube under the Auburn daily YouTube page, read all my written work at auburndaily.com. And we will see you tomorrow. This has been locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait.